When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for your first round of golf of the year at the 32nd Annual 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Returning to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 24th through Sunday, February 26th. This year's show includes free lessons from the PGA professionals, thousands of name brand golf apparel items, discounted especially for the show, and your chance to sink a putt for $100,000. Plus so much more. Tickets and more information at minnesotagolfshow.com. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Well, the National Hockey League might be on break. Half the wild team might be in Cabo. And um, they don't play again till next week. But you know what Judd's Hockey Show says? Screw that. It's hockey time. So, like, they could take their breaks. They can rest. They're going to have to come back and dry out. Judd's Hockey Show? Well, <laughs> In all candidness, we have to dry out, too. But you know what? We keep doing our job. And we have two things today. First of all, as the uh, National Hockey League trade deadline nears, now about, I think, a month away, uh, we've got some certainly reckless trade speculation to get through involving your wild. And then we also have, uh, it's, not the, it's not the first half because we are 48 games in, but all-star break. High charts of praise and blame for why the wild is where it is right now. But let's start with the reckless speculation. Uh, Dex, you have been, you've had your ear to the ground. You're, you've had your eyes on the internet constantly looking for the wild and potential uh, trade trades that might go down. Bo Horvat is now uh, uh, done. He's on the island. The Canucks made a very good trade probably there. So let's go to another Canucks player, a local product who you are seeing his name pop up in relation to the wild. And it might be reckless, but it's coming from guys like Elliot Friedman, who, if you don't know, is sort of an Adam Schefter of Canada. Mm-hmm. So it might be reckless, but it's very plugged in recklessness. So tell me what's going on. Yeah. So now that Bo Horvat's gone, um, and Vancouver just in a little bit of a selling mode who want to turn things over and get better again, they are probably not going to be done making moves. So that uh, Elliot Friedman report that you're mentioning from 32 Thoughts uh, had some notes on Brock Besser and said Minnesota has been talking, but the math doesn't make sense. The math meaning the contract, not the math necessarily going to the return, which, you know, that, that that's also in its own vein, but the contract becomes a little tough. Because Bess is making about, I believe, 6.3 AAV. Kind of tough for the Wild to fit that in. Um, do their salary cap restraints and the buyout stuff. So that's a little difficult. Also, Frank Cervelli, I believe, of Daily Faceoff 
who was also on Vancouver 650 Sportsnet this week, said pretty much echoed a similar statement, said now that Bo Horvat is gone, it all signs point to Brock Besser being next, as in being next to be moved. Now, he didn't connect Minnesota to them. He did connect them to the Las Vegas Golden Knights, which makes sense given the Mark Stone injury and given the fact the Knights always like to be buyers a little bit here and they're having a good year and could use a little scoring boost from Brock Besser. Um, this is very, very intriguing to me. And I know I believe even locally, our guys, Michael Russo, uh, Joe Smith, have also kind of mentioned, yes, there has been dialogue, but kind of the same roadblock, the math, the money, the capital doesn't make sense for the wild to inherit him given the uh, buyout restrictions on Parise and Suter contract that hampers them. Would I love Brock Besser to be plugged in here potentially most likely with Matt Boldy and kind of give, uh, give Boldy that dynamic winger he had in Kevin Fiala last season. I would, but I don't disagree with the national insiders and guys who are a lot smarter than uh, yours truly over here to say that the math does not make sense. And it becomes probably the biggest roadblock and even completing a trade or someone as dynamic as Brock Besser. This is a tough one because I do feel that um, a return home might unlock him. Um, his father passed away, I think, during the summertime, uh, had, had had Parkinson's. And, I mean, Brock Besser, when he's playing well, is a very good player. And he is, a, he is the type of guy who I think at the other wing with Boldy could be outstanding. Um, he's with a dysfunctional team or what has been a dysfunctional team. The Canucks have been incredibly dysfunctional. And I think that there's probably been a lot of things because he, he's a young guy whose father recently passed are weighing on Brock's mind. That's no surprise. So would a return here be possibly the best thing? Absolutely. But, and I do think he does get moved. And if I'm not mistaken, there was a time, and I don't know if this is still being allowed, but there was a time where the Canucks brass, led by Jim Rutherford, who's the guy that ripped Boudreaux left and right, or basically didn't support him and then fired him, they gave uh, they gave uh, the Brock Besser team permission, his agent, to actually contact teams and see if a trade could be worked out. So, like, that's how far down the path this had gone. I don't know if that's still being allowed or not, but I think he gets moved. But let's go back to to what it what would be the sticking point. Because I do think, you know what, in the right trade, in the right deal for the right return, I think this would be for a team that definitely needs top six scoring. The Wild would find this extremely attractive. Brock Besser signed a 13-year, $19.95 million contract with the Canucks on July 1st of 2022, all right? So he is in the first year of a contract that for the next three years, respectively, his cap hits of approximately $6.7 million. That's what makes this tough because the Wild is in cap hell. Now, there's two ways to get around this, but I think this is where the problem lies. First way is to get the to get the Canucks to retain salary, which I think they can retain half of the of the cap hit. If they do that, it becomes much more amenable for the Wild then to put Besser on their books. The problem there is the potential trade goes up. So the return goes up, right? Because if you're going to take Besser's contract and you're going to trade the Canucks a good young player or two, that's probably a fair trade. If you're going to have the Canucks 
defer and take half of Besser's cap hit, the Canucks are going to say, oh, that's awesome. We want more. We're not going to make the same trade that we would if we got his contract totally off our books. The other thing that you can do is find a really crappy team. There's a few of those. Not a ton. Always. There's a few. But you can call the Coyotes and say, hey, 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 we're going to give you someone. And you are going to then take a portion of Besser's cap hit. Perhaps the Canucks can as well. And now we're down to like one plus something million dollars. Okay. That's all well and good. But again, the Coyotes are going to say, we got to get something too here. And so I think that the most realistic thing is, can the Wild make a trade and absorb Besser's entire cap hit? And from what the national folks are reporting and from what I've heard, the answer is absolutely not. Mm. So unfortunately, I think in ordinary times, without this team being in cap hell, or let's just say if the cap was going to go up. That'd be nice. Like like if the damn cap ever went up what it should have gone up with the new TV deals and we weren't talking about this damn escrow, right? All of this BS. Then this is a very doable trade. Because of those things aren't taking place, it's not. It's unfortunate because I do think if you brought him home, he is the type of guy who, who, you know, who would be here with family, who would be comfortable here, and who could, I think, in his case, coming home would help him thrive. Yeah, th- there's something about hockey, too, with culture and with a mindset that it's it's different with most other sports that it changes. Everyone always uses a change of scenery in all four of the men's major sports of, oh, this could benefit him for the change of scenery. I think from Rock's case here, it just it makes too much sense the, for him to, to be traded here and it could awaken things, but... From the Wild's point of view, yeah, they're kind of, you know, they got a little bit of an anchor tied down to their ankle and they're, and they're trying to tread water for a little bit longer before those buyouts come off. If the buyouts weren't on, I mean, you're, we're probably talking about a whole episode here of we could figure this trade out. Shouldn't be too difficult. Oh, Stella God. has thoughts even too. Oh, so. Stella's, she loves Besser. She thinks he's cute too, though. So, and, I mean, and Vinny, you know, he's crying in the background for the same thing. Um, oh, so, yeah, I mean, in, in, in the same, it. in the same vein, yes, I would love for the Wild to pull off a trade. When when you're mentioning third teams, cap hit retainers, disclaimers, well, disclaimers, asterisks, it just prospects becomes too. too compl- yep, and it just becomes too too complicated. That's the one thing we don't know. We still have no clue, and I think I know, but it's a total guess. We have no clue where Bill Guerin puts an emphasis r- right now on his prospects, right? And and like you know, he wasn't lying when he said flat out halfway through the season. This team will tell me what to do. And I think Billy likes to make moves. I think he loves it. I think he likes to make trades. I think the deadline last year for him was thrilling, and he made some good deals. But, you know, again, that was a very different team. That team felt like, unfortunately, it didn't turn out to be the case. It had a chance, right? We don't know how Bill feels about this team. It's been very up and down. Like, there have been times where you're like, oh, I sort of like this. And then there have been times where you're like, three losses, and, you know, what are you doing? Um I just don't see him being willing to make a trade that sacrifices a lot of future for a team that I'm not sure you can believe in completely. Makes does that sense. make sense? Yes, it does. Like I just, I, I like I just don't trust this team enough. Where I, I would say, okay, you know, Marco Rossi might be really good, but we'll trade him. I just don't see see that. And you know, he's playing well. It, you know, in Des Moines right oh, now. Sammy Walker's playing well in Des Moines. He's got 20 goals. I want Sammy Walker back here. I yeah. want him on Boldy's wing. I know this. I, I 
I know that people are probably tired of me saying this, but I mean, Sammy Walker on the wing here, I felt was a, I felt is a better player than he was as a center for the golfers his last two years there. I was disappointed. Like that guy's end of, of his career. But I mean, I was told, look, prefers to play wing. He certainly got speed. He certainly can play his, his game. I would, I would not blink twice about demoting Hartman onto a different line, like the fourth line. I would play. I think that Boldy at the very least deserves a skill guy. And I think Walker is not, he might not be the long-term answer, but uh, yeah. But are you going to trade those guys? Are mm-hmm. you going to be willing to trade a Rossi or a Walker or what you consider to be a foundational prospect uh, for what you think is a chance to compete in the playoffs? When you tried that a year ago, it turned out to be wrong. And I actually think that this team feels like it probably has just common sense, less ability to pop. Than last than last season's team did. I don't I don't disagree with you there. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun for it to figure out, but uh, but we'll have to wait and see. We got another what like a month from the day, right? Isn't it March third? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if this team gets hot, do you still say it's got a real chance? I just don't know. I don't think so. And plus, and plus, every time that I think they've gotten hot, they pop up and like lose three consecutive games. Um, I would be very if. The thing is, if you could put a top six score with Boldy, like like a top, if, if you could put a really good player with Boldy, I'd love to see it. But the price of that player, I don't know that I want to give up that return right now. Eventually, I will. I don't know that I want to do it right now. So um, let's get to the pie charts. Well, pie now. charts. Let's get to, to the pie charts. I don't. In fact, though, before we do, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the pie charts, but I also want to talk about where Sports Dad goes to draw up his pie charts, where Sports Dad goes to enjoy a surly beer. And that is, if you are watching this right now, you're saying, where's this at, Sports Dad? The bowling looks fantastic. Park Tavern. Park Tavern, located in my neck of the woods in St. Louis Park. But that is only a portion. There's two bars. There, It's a huge space. It's a fantastic space. Uh, it's a great place for food. It's a great place to drink. It's a great place to watch games on their many, many TVs. And it's a place that's been in the community here in SLP for more than uh, 42 years. It's also a great place to hold your party, anniversary, birthdays for the kids, for your wife. I'm telling you guys right now, be a hero at home. (laughs) It's this simple. Set up the party. And you know what I know? You're saying exactly what I do, which is I don't want to do that. That's a ton of work. Okay, here's where you take the credit, but don't do the (laughs) The work. It's as simple as this. Parktavern.net or 952-929-6810. All you do is contact my friend Cheryl. She will take care of the entire thing. She will do all the work. And then you take the bow. Parktavern.net. Exactly right. Well, you got to be smart about this. Parktavern.net, 952-929-6810. I'm talking about big groups, 40, 50 folks. Parktavern.net. All right. Wild pie charts. Yep. I gave you the pie chart of positivity, which yep. is why is the wild in third place? Mm-hmm. I took the pie chart of shockingly negativity, which is why aren't they better? So, but let's start with the good. Give me your pie chart of positivity for the first 48 games 
with the Wild sitting in third place in the Central Division. So, uh, by the way, production note, I have no like fancy bed music I can play because we're both doing this from home on a Friday. I would love a bum, little NHL TNT bum, music. Bum. You know, bum, 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 bum. I can't. I don't have that for you. Uh, but, Judd, I have four slices of pie. Four okay. slices of pie for uh, Dex's wild positivity pie chart, if you will, that the, where the wild find themselves in. Like most pie charts we usually do on Purple Daily or Mackie and Judd, I'm a gentleman, so I'll start from the bottom and work my way up. Uh, so let's start with the lowest chunk of pie here. Number one, the Wild's power play, 15%. 15%. It, it's not, is it lethal? No. Is it finally to a consistent and respectable level where fans have asked for it to be for, for years to come? Yes, it finally has reached that level. I believe they are ninth in power play percentage uh, so far this season. They have done a very good job at converting the man advantage for the most part. Again, I don't think it's the biggest reason for their success, but you got to be good on the power play. And I, I know for a fact, I would be very shocked in your pie trade on negativity. Conversely, why the Wild have found themselves in the way they are is for the other side of scoring. I'll let you uh, slice up that chunk of pie when it comes. But 15%, Judd, to the Wild's power play for their pie chart of praise. I got a 15% chunk of pie on the PP. Okay, yeah. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, um, am I right about this? It's not great on the road, but it's great at home. Sounds right. Yes. I want to say the splits don't look right, but yeah, you know what? On special teams, we went into training camp looking for progress, right? Mm -hmm. Penalty kill, power play. This has been progress. Uh, Yeah, I think it's very fair to say it's a credit to a team that has at times on special teams driven us nuts. So yeah, I like that first piece. All right, second chunk of pie. Now, the second chunk and the third chunk might be looped into the same, but they are, in my opinion, two very different chunks, and one chunk deserves a little bit more than the other chunk. So just a little disclaimer here as I get to the second chunk of pie. 20%, 20% to goaltending. Goaltending for the Wild and Philip Gustafson and Marc-Andre Fleury. Gustafson has exceeded the expectation. Marc-Andre Fleury uh, looked like he was absolutely cooked in the first, what, 40 minutes of play to start the season. But then has since then played much more admirably. Is he Vesna, Marc-Andre Fleury? No. Is he an above average, capable, reliable goaltender that you're paying at a reasonable clip? Yes. He has done his job. Philip Gustafson probably actually gets this a little higher because he has exceeded some expectations here. And it's a really solid rotation that they got going. You need good goaltending. We all know we need good goaltending here. If if you want to make a playoff run and goaltending deserves a big chunk of pie for this 20% to the goaltending in Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson. Yeah, terrible start, but it was just a <laughs> but it was just a it small was. little start and then they've been great and yes, yes Flower to me has exceeded what what I expected and those first two games he started I was in the press box saying, "Oh you my were god. Oh my god, this is awful." I mean, he's getting booed. He's mm-hmm. getting he's the most likable, you know, he's a he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's universally loved and he's getting booed. And to his credit, he said, I deserved it. But yeah, from what we saw at the start, which was, uh, this is unplayable to the last, you know, what from game six on really impressive. Third chunk of pie. Yep. And this is where the differentiates team defense, team defense. This has been a thing of the wild. I shouldn't say it doesn't matter completely who's in that. Cause it obviously matters if you, if you have a pretty much of a sieve in there. But the Wilds team defense has always been a very good umbrella in front of their goaltenders to make life a lot easier. And in fact, 
If you look at goals against, times goals against, the Wild have the second best figure in the league. That's a team defensive metric. That's not just goaltending. That's a team defensive metric that the Wild have been able to employ this year that makes their goaltending a lot easier on them. So the team defense deserves, in my opinion, bigger chunk than the goaltenders. Sometimes you need your goaltenders to make the big save on a penalty kill. They're always going to be your number one penalty killer. But the defense makes life easier on a goaltender. And in my opinion, they deserve a bigger chunk of praise than the goaltending. But the two are kind of looped together. But it's 25% to the team defense, 20% to the goaltending. I got three guys, too, for you, okay? On defense, who I think have been just incredible. Spurgeon, who has... You know, if you remember, I, and I think we talked about this uh, for at least a part of an episode last season early, Spurgeon didn't always look like himself. Like, he, he's never bad, but he wasn't himself. This season, I watch him, his positioning, like, everything is perfect. And it's just, it's remarkable. And Dex, you, Vinny boy, oh, it's okay, Vinny. It's okay. I know, he's like, we'll go. Can you take me outside, dude? He wants to go outside. He wants to place bets on underdog. Stella gambles constantly. Don't don't concern yourself with it. It's just a phase. Um, so Spurgeon's positioning, everything he does is just so spot on. No surprise, Rodine. I mean, go to a game and just watch them. Like watch their shifts and watch oh, yeah. how just their like because because it's not sexy. But when you watch the little things, I'm not talking about Spurgeon's goals. I'm talking about when you just watch how he plays or Brodeen. I, I, I think Brodeen might be the most solid, consistent defenseman in the history of the league for a team here. Like yeah. the North Stars, wild. I think he might be the best. And to Billy's credit, Bill Guerin's credit, Middleton. Oh, Middleton's been great too. Yeah. I'm, I'm out on Dumba, but I mean, Middleton has brought – for a guy who I had maybe you, heard of in passing, maybe. And you, and you did not like that. Another first game sour that you were down. Oh, first game, he looked terrible. For, mm-hmm. But, but you know, he's a guy I had barely heard of. And you know what? The biggest compliment that I can give him is, for the most part, I never notice him. Mm-mm. Like Dumbo, you see, because he's turning the puck over. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. And just the stability. I mean, that's a that's a position group that is hard to find good players at. Oh, yeah. And you've got two, if not three, of what guys that you would roll with every single time. So I like that. All right, Vinny. There you go. You're okay. Okay, Vinny. You'll go outside soon, baby. Uh, last chunk of pie, Judd. And, and this is uh, sometimes unprecedented in hockey to find a single player that's as dominant as this. But, I mean, t- you tell me. You, you tell me here if I'm being too given too much praise on this pie chart. The last chunk of pie, the biggest chunk of pie, and I guess it's probably to no surprise, Kirill Kaprizov, 40%. If this team yeah. didn't have Kirill Kaprizov, yep. like I, I don't even want to say if they just had Fiala and said, like, let's say that Kirill got hurt. How unwatchable would the well, Wild be? If Kirill Kaprizov, if you just take him off the roster now, going back to Zuccarello doesn't turn that corner. Mm-hmm. Like he might have been, his first year was sort of garbage, but, or I shouldn't say that. It wasn't great. Um, and he probably improves, but. I mean, Kirill has made him. And look, I mean, to Max's credit, he looks great with him. So that that uh, that uh, duo is fantastic. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's it's like post uh, post cat since he he got got hurt. If you take away Ant, what are the Wolves? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kirill's incredible. Mm-hmm. We are. I'm telling you, as sports fans, we are blessed. Oh, yeah. Justin Jefferson, Ant, and Kirill. We are absolutely blessed. 
um, to be able to go to games and watch those guys consistently is just a thrill. And yeah, I mean, Kirill, we probably don't talk about Kirill enough now because we've talked about it all, but it's unbelievable. Exactly. Skating, the moves, the ability. Like, it's weird, Dex. When when he goes through these, I don't want to call them slumps because he's still in position, but when he goes through these spurts where it feels like his shot is not necessarily hit, hitting the net as much, it's almost like, what's going on? Right. And it's like, okay, he just made, he just took a shot that most guys couldn't even get to. No doubt. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. So your you're, uh, pie chart of praise again? Go through it? Yeah. Four chunks of pie in the my, in my pie chart of pay, praise, excuse me. Power play 15%, goaltending 20%, team defense 25%, Kirill Kaprizov 40%. Awesome. All right. So for the pie chart of blame. Oh, boy. Because it could be better. It could be better. I I went positionally for one spot, but the rest, I go right after people. I go right after people. So I'm not blaming. How, how many pieces of pie do we have here? One, two, three, four, one, two, seven. three, four, six. 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 But six. the first one will be very quick. I'll be, I'll expedite okay. the first one. Okay. All right. Okay. So just like you, starting at the bottom, I am going a 1%, just a wee little, wee little, 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 little slice goaltending for those first three games. Okay. Gustafson's first game, he couldn't stop a beach ball. Flurry looked like he had never played. But you know what? We got through it, okay? But it scarred me. I'm not going to lie to you. It scarred You're me. Incredible. It scarred me. And you are correct to give them a big chunk for success. But it scarred me. All right. Now five pieces left. Five I'm going after left. people. I'm going after people. I'm not going to hold back, okay? 9%. Marcus Foligno. All right? We all love him. He's come on our podcast. He is a great guy. Great teammate. I have seen... Knowing that we don't really know people, I've never seen a thing from this guy that makes me say, oh, man, that's surprising. Don't like him, right? Like everything that we get to watch, we're like, great guy. But his regression has been, I think, eye-opening, all right? Last year, career high. And I didn't expect these again. 23 goals, 19 assists, 42 points. Just So just go into this knowing I didn't expect that again. But he's now. 39 games in, because he's missed a chunk because of injury. Four goals and 15 points. I think he's a guy right now who should have more than four goals. I think he's a guy that easily could have more. So if he was sitting at, I don't know, let's say eight or nine, I'd be like, okay, that's not, but four goals. Mm -hmm. Four goals for a guy that can bang, for a guy that can get to the front of the net, for a guy who there's no rule saying, you can't knock in rebounds i think that's a startling drop so i i think he deserves a nine percent chunk of probably need more yeah and look the regression was inevitable he led the league in shooting percentage last year even in the 52 game post uh pandemic season uh he had a 27 and a half shooting percentage so going into this year in 113 games he was scoring goals on 25 percent of his shots for a guy who doesn't shoot and for a guy who isn't known for natural goal scoring it regression is inevitable. So yep. not surprising uh, that he has fallen off offensively. And yes, you would still like to see a little bit more from him. Four at goals. Times, but, but four, four goals, goals is, is a real regression. Yeah, that's a problem. That is a problem. I feel like I feel like on that line, which, which is, I think the wild considers it technically their third line, but sort of a second line. 
Like I, like I said, if he's sitting around 10 right now, eight or nine goals, I mean, we're 50 games in. So anyway, all right, that's 9%. 15%. So a better chunk. Dean Everson. Okay. He remains too slow to adjust. Now, bravo for scratching Dumba. Bravo for scratching Hartman. I like that. I'm willing to bet that that was a community decision involving the GM as well. But you know what? There's nights where these guys got the dead ass. They look dead. And that's when a coach juggles lines. That's when a coach does something to wake the team up. And besides looking pissed off on the bench at times, which he continually does, or complaining to referees, um, this look, this stood out to me in the first round playoff loss to the Blues. But, I mean, I want to see some, it, even if you like your lines, there's no rule that says at certain nights and certain times. And he did this. So for the Buffalo game before the break began, he did take Hartman and put that on the put him on the grief line. He took Felino and put him on the Goudreau Boldy line. But in game, you can juggle lines. If Kaprizov and Zuccarello and Steele get too cute, which by the way they complain about, you can take Zuccarello away for Kaprizov for a shift. Like, there are certain ways to wake up guys without being a complete a-hole. And I don't feel Dean ever pushes those buttons. And I want to see more because of this, Dex. I don't want to see them get to a playoff series again and have Craig Berube coach circles around you. Yeah, it's unacceptable. 15%. You're going to have to do something sometimes that's not like, uh, it doesn't take two days between games. In-game, you're playing dead ass. I want to see you do something about it. Juggling yeah, lines is a hammer. Yep, he's got it. He has to be better in some of those crunch time situations. It's been his biggest problem, honestly, in his tenure. With you know, Trump. when I see Sam Steele start to think he's Denny Savard in between Secord and Larimer, I'm yanking him off that line for a yep. couple of shows. Those, those players completely went over some of the our younger audiences' heads. I don't care about. I don't care. <laughs> Look it up. Pro or HockeyReference.com. Denny Savard, second pick of the eighty draft. Oh, just marvelous player. Anyway, all right, 15%, Dean Evans. All right, I now have three slices left, each 25%. Okay. I will continue to go after players, all right? Obviously. Units be damned. But these are all important reasons why this team is not scoring more 5-on-5, too. Jordan Greenway, get your act together. Two goals and six points in 31 games. More importantly, scratched. On a back-to-back, because he showed up, I think, an hour before a game at the X. So he got himself scratched. Inexcusable. Uh, This is a guy who had 10 goals and 27 points in 62 games last year and was a plus 26, all right? He is even, so he's not a plus. He's not a minus this season. He's even. But Jordan Greenway. Dude, you are far too old for us to still be talking about you in hypotheticals of, I still think he might pop. I was talking or I was texting with somebody a couple days ago and said, I'm still concerned that he might pop at some point if you trade him. No, okay? Nope. He is who he is. And the showing up late thing is inexcusable. I agree. It was for a, it was for like a six o'clock start too, okay? It wasn't an afternoon game. So it wasn't a, I, it, I overslept. If you were sleeping, there's a problem. Yes. Um, I'm pretty much out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'm about done. you. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm pretty much him. out. Yeah, I'm done with him. He, he, we've seen his ceiling here, and 
he's a rely he's a serviceable i shouldn't say reliable serviceable player um but I, at this point i he's not a difference maker and I'm done with upside and I'm yeah. done with upside and I'm done with the grief line. As far as look, I get it works, but I'm done with, well, you can't trade Greenway cause that's the grief line. I never want to hear you can't trade again unless it's Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't trade Zucker. You can't trade. Yeah, you can. Yes. You can bleep be off. okay. Just bleep off. All right. 25% uh, uh, chunk. No surprise here. Ryan Hartman. Yeah. He has oh. followed a career year with, and yes, he's been hurt, but remember, keep in mind, this is very important. He was demoted off, off the Zuccarello Kaprizov line before he got hurt in the fight in Chicago. All right. He has five goals and 14 points in 26 games. As far as I'm concerned, he's a fourth line guy. Now, again, like Felino, the 2021-22 stats were not repeatable. 34 goals, 65 points, 82 games. Uh, but there's folks now who are like, I think you should put him back between uh Kirill and Mats again. No. No, he's more of a fourth line guy. Um, but more importantly, the stupid penalties. I get you're frustrated, dude, but you're going out there and taking penalties where the head coach felt the need to scratch you. He almost scratched you before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's a lot more to get here, but I know this. I don't need him in the penalty box giving power plays to teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning that will kill you on the power. Yeah. 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 He's been awful. Um, and look, he, thankfully they signed him to such that team friendly deal. Then he exploded. It wasn't like the opposite. If this was, if this was reversed and he went into a contract year last year, and then they re-signed him this last summer and he's putting up this production, huge problem, humongous problem. Uh, he makes jump change and he at times actually is fine in his role. That's not the top line center you saw last year, but a guy who can be a checking line, bottom six dude that, that always have to exist in the NHL. Uh, but he, he has been downright terrible this season. So I, I don't disagree. And do, do you do you think he deserves a second chance uh, on that no. first line? No, okay. I don't. No, either. I do not. I don't <laughs> I either. Do I don't need to see it. And and by, by the way, Dino. Speaking of adjustments, if you are in a position in the third period where you're down by a couple, put Boldy on the damn line, which you do coming out of I think penalty kills at times. Put Boldy and put him as the center in the third period. To give yourself, and before you tell me, well, that's going to hurt our defense, you're trying to score two goals. I don't need Sam Steele's responsibility when I'm trying to score goals. You know what? The Oilers, and I'm not trying to compare these players, although Kaprizov fits in, the Oilers put Dreisaitl and McDavid together at times, right? Yep. What would be so bad in the third period down by a couple, just to say, screw it, Steele's off that line, we're going to Zuccarello, Boldy, Kaprizov. We'll go firepower. I like it. You got to adjust. Okay, final piece of pie here. Not surprising. Again, 25%, because I feel like these last three all are just equal as far as disappointments. Matt Dumba, um, four goals and 12 points in 46 games. Much like Hartman, though, Hartman's promised penalties. Dumba, turnovers, absolutely inexcusable. Um, Incredibly, for a guy that we once thought would be a power play, just dynamite player he's not on the power play and when and if he was when he was he has no points on the power play um man just such a disappointment Mm -hmm. such a disappointment and i know he's been hurt a lot in the past and things haven't been the same but you know what i don't think being hurt forces you to turn the puck over at the blue line i understand he wears a letter i understand his teammates love him that's great same thing with 
Foligno, that's great, but I got to have production. So 25% to Dumba, 25% to Ryan Hartman, 25% to Jordan Greenway, 15% to uh, the two rigid at times, Dean Evason, 9% to Foligno, and 1% to that start by goaltending. That is my pie chart of blame of why the Wild is not actually in a better position than they are, which is in third place, but also hanging by a thread to a playoff spot at times. Yeah, uh, I think it's a pretty fair pie chart. I'm not surprised you had to throw in a 1% uh, to, you know, two games of goaltending. I love that you had to do that. It was three games. Three games, sorry. Because it was Gustafson's first start, too, which was just a disaster. Yeah, but I, I love that you had to do that. But no, I, I, the, I the, other, the other chunks of pie, I, uh, I completely agree with. So I, I'm not going not gonna to fight you on any of those ones. Take your dog out. I will. I'm going to go uh, let him out. I'm going to go let him play in the snow a little bit. Actually, I'm just going to drop him off at your place. Is that okay? You know, I got to go get some groceries and stuff, so okay. I can't today. But okay. you know what? He's welcome. But am I welcome? You can, can I, come what in. If I, what if I bring Surly's? Does that help? Oh, well, hell yeah, yeah. And then that's a different Then we'll watch place. my TV. Okay. Then it. we'll watch my big screen. And uh, yes, definitely. Okay, good to know. Uh, hit that subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Wild and Minnesota Sports, I should say, entertainment on the Score North YouTube channel. Shout out to Park Tavern uh, and Popped Corn and Libya for helping power Judd's Hockey Show as well. We'll be back uh, next week.